This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome. This is Garden of Sound, brought to you with thanks to Mint Finance, business loans made easy. Today on the show, Kate Taylor. She's a jazz school graduate with an amazing musical pedigree. She can do music theatre, classical, soul and jazz. She's opened for some major international acts, performs consistently on the jazz and live music circuit and is now passing on her years of training to ARA Music Arts students. But Kate's vocal health came into question a few years ago. So what has she implemented to keep that amazing voice in tip-top condition? And is she planning to share those discoveries with the rest of the world? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Kate Taylor on 96.9 Plains FM. Kate, I want you to tell me about the first time you were a little person, perhaps, and music came along. I remember, it's funny, I was listening to the radio the other day and I remember, and she goes blank of what the song was, but it was that era of the... Hold on for one more day. You know, that, Phillips, yeah, yeah, it's that kind of jam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I remember standing on it. I was I think I was five or six, standing on a little table yeah. at primary school, like belting it out, Giving you know? Yeah. yeah. And it was uh, that memory just came up out of nowhere the other day. Like yeah. I was just like, I remember doing that. Um, but little person, uh, lots lots of music as a child. Uh, my parents were very classical based, so I'm very in tune with waking up to hearing uh, like the classic classical radio yep. blaring in the morning. Yeah, yeah. But Dad was also a Beatles, you know, that old standard. I didn't really follow in that era though because I grew up into being the teeny bopper, you know, fantasy of life that was when we were 11, 12. Mm-hmm. And so my first memory of pop music was Ace of Bass. And um, that's where I kind of started being like, pop music's cool, you yeah. know. Following on to that was like Spice Girls and Backstreet Boys and Hanson and they became my kind of like soundtrack of life, which is crazy to where I am now because I love pop, but it's also like a complete opposite to like the jazz era that I sing in. What about uh, performing in front of people? Uh, were you putting on shows with your, uh, your, your pop sensibilities? <laughs> I actually wasn't, which is quite crazy. I was quite shy. I was like one of those introverted extroverts. With my friends, we'd do a lot of like Spice Girl dress-ups. But if mum and dad were like, sing for your grandparents, yeah. I'd be like, no. So, yeah, there was a bit of a, um, a rebellion against just because I could. I guess I didn't. What was happening at school, whether it was sort of primary or, or high school uh, music-wise or tuition? At intermediate, I got into the... Primary School Music Festival Special Choir. Special Choir. That's the one. Yep. And uh, I actually, surprisingly, because I have wonderful friends now, I didn't have a lot of friends during that time. And so I was just kind of this girl that could sing and I just kind of did it because I could. Looking back, do you feel like that has defined you? A little bit. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I also did um, the Canterbury Opera Youth Chorus. Yes. And again, I did it. I got in because I could just... Yeah, I could sing, and I, it's all I kind of knew how to do. Like it was just second nature to me to be able to sing. But where did the tuition come from? Is this just something that sort of by osmosis 
through your parents and genetics and, you know, the classics had somehow seeped into your body and you just knew and you've just got this physical ability to do it? Yeah, well, I think my my main genes, and I always pay respect to it, and he's still alive at 97, still playing the trumpet, still playing um, jazz music, still playing in an orchestra, is my granddad, Doug Kelly. Wow. And he um, basically introduced jazz to Christchurch. Um, he's the era of kind of uh, your Doug Cordwell and they did the radio bands and he was in the Air Force band and has been writing arrangements um, since day dot. So I think that natural kind of yep. um, immersement of music has been, you know, that's my genes, that's natural. And often it kind of skips a generation. I yeah. know that your parents, avid listeners, were they performers? My dad, we always um, like give him a little bit of, uh, you know, because he played the clarinet yeah. in the school band. That's all right. <laughs> we were like, clarinet's yeah, dad, cool. Go clarinet. But yeah. then he's an engineer. So, <laughs> um, but mum is musical. Mum's yeah. played the violin and she's, she set up a, a kind of like a preschool music program called Musy Tots. And it was for like, not babies, but it was for definitely like pre five kind of era and you'd sit around and sing the little songs that she made up which I couldn't for the life you remember me right now but um yeah so they were kind of like getting to know instruments and getting to know what music is and I I was involved in that but I was involved as a as a daughter of yes. so I guess that immersement was always was naturally there with that mm-hmm. um and my granddad would sing when we'd say at granddad's so i guess the singing was just yeah it was there all the yeah. time and i just again it was it's just a natural ability that i that probably was just brought out of me by those moments was there anything aside from uh, music at high school at least that you considered doing no really? okay. <laughs> it was funny because i got to year 12 and i I uh, was in, I'd done choral, I'd done opera, I'd done classical, again, just because it was a natural thing for me to do. And I got to year 12 and I just wasn't wasn't sure what I wanted to do in my year 13 year. And it was kind of freaking me out a bit because I was like, like I didn't have a, a sport or yep. a kind of science or something, you know, I wasn't into English literature and I, you know, so I was like, well. And it's absolutely impossible to be a musician, you yeah, know, and of course. get paid money of course. to do it. Yeah. yeah. So I was kind of like, well, I don't know what to do. And granddad, of all people, said to me, have you thought about going to the jazz school? I was like, oh, I mean, I guess so. And at that time I was in Belcanto at Burnside High and uh, I went to the audition for jazz school not knowing what I was kind of got getting into, did the audition, and hilariously, the Balcanto leader of the time, Jean Cumming, was on the panel of the jazz school audition, and I was like, Funny that. "Here's my world's colliding." So I went in there, freaked out because Jean was in there. My my singing teacher, who I learnt off, uh, Susan Deong was in there, and Neil Pickard, mm-hmm. who was you know the dad of jazz school and Neil has a a great connection with my granddad and my family so it was kind of like all meant to be and then Balcanto got offered a trip to Vienna to do the world choral competition at the time or some some world competition and I had in front of me a letter of acceptance to jazz school or the offer to go to Vienna I took the gamble and went to jazz school at 16 in my year 13 yeah it was my first year at uh, jazz school. 
So fantastic. Yeah. So it was a it was a literal sliding doors kind of moment. I was like, Am I going to be a classical singer that gets a job doing something else? You know, and that's what I I didn't I didn't know. I had no idea because I had only sung classical. It's all I knew. It's all I'd been taught. Um, or do I take this new opportunity of of basically a new language? I remember going into my rhythm class with Ted Meager. And I'm going to stop you yeah. right there because <laughs> I do want to pick up uh, on this after we hear some some music. Sure. Normally, I go into influences sure. at this point, and uh, pre the show, uh, Natalie Cole yes. had come up. Is there a particular track from her? Well, when I went into my audition, I had literally sung the whole Unforgettable album, <laughs> and it had resonated with me massively. It was like the first time I was like this is great, she's great. And so I sang both Route 66 and Orange Colored Sky. And uh, I did that because we had to do a blues for the audition. So I did Route 66 and then some contrasting number. After I'd done the songs, Neil Pickard said to me, you're a fan of Natalie Cole, Kate? And I was like, yes. (laughs) Thinking, have I done something wrong? But that I now know that album like the back of my hand. So Orange Colored Sky is... uh, is my kind of like fine moment, you know, it's the point where things changed. So I will forever thank Natalie for that. I was walking along, minding my business. Went out of an orange-colored sky Flash, bam, alakazam Wonderful you came by I was humming a tune Drinking in sunshine Went out of that orange-colored view I've been hit. This is it. This is it. I was walking along, minding my business, when love came and hit me in the eye. Flying glass 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Kate Taylor on Plains FM 96.9. Before we continue, I just want to talk about a great photographer friend of the show. When you need some great photos to help sell your band or your next gig, get in touch with Shannon Jessica. Not only is she a great photographer, she's also a real music lover, and that passion comes through 100% at all of the work she does. Now this month, Shannon's offering a massive introductory special, meaning your shoot could cost as little as $150. But these packages must be booked by the end of the month. So visit shannonjessica.com for an amazing portfolio from your next gig. That's shannonjessica.com. Take advantage of that great deal. Okay, Kate. Natalie Cole, she means a lot to you. Yes. She does, yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, have you seen her play live? I have. I saw her at the Sydney Opera House in about 2011, and it was everything I could have asked for and more. Did young Kate sort of know what older Kate was going to no end up doing? Idea. No idea. Um, as I was saying before, I remember going into my – Rhythm class, my first jazz rhythm class with Ted Mega. And when you're doing classical music, a quaver is a quaver. Yep. But in jazz, a quaver is a one and two and. And so when we started beaming quavers together in one and two and, I was like, what is this? It blew my mind. Like I had no idea. Just listening back to those tracks, it makes me go, 16 year old Kate had no idea what was about to kind of happen aside from the music uh what was going through your mind or what was in your life as this very young person mm. going into jazz school with i presume older yeah people yep everyone was older than me i have one friend clayton hicker who i still play bass with to this day he's one of my um top picks of bass players and uh, i should shout out his clay's bass lesson uh, on youtube it's fantastic he um does these wonderful like kind of how to play riffs and how to play lines. But him and I, I was 16, he was 17, and we're now 34 and 35, and we still play music together. Obviously, you you knew everything when you were a young person. <laughs> uh, looking back, um, is there anything that you would have done differently or any advice that you would give to uh, perhaps pre-jazz school or entering jazz school, Kate? I went through a journey when I was at jazz school. I had amazing singers in my stream I had Sasha Van Beek now Sasha Hocking and I also had LA Mitchell in my year group uh also plays with her husband terrible son so now Lauren Barris so they were both in my year group and uh Lauren and Sasha were very heavily um soul and kind of R&B Jill Scott Erica Badu that kind of and and I felt like I should be doing that too because that's what the singers in my stream were doing you know like I was like these girls are doing yeah doing such great stuff I should be doing that and so I want to be a banana I want to yeah said the apple yeah so um I mean I did that and I still love it like it's not to say that I don't love soul and I don't love and I love singing it but I back then I thought it's what I should be doing whereas imagine if I'd made the all-female big band back then it was like where were the tutors <laughs> at this stage Susan was really kind of like uh, supporting us and like helping us through that because back in my day, uh, we only had the jazz stream at ARA or in jazz school. And now you can have a choice. You can do jazz, contemporary music or sing a songwriter. So we only had the jazz stream and we were learning these standards and I was loving the standards, but you could tell that Lauren and Sasha were kind of, um, you know, like finding their own feet. So I was kind of being 
um, helped along by Susan and and that the other jazz tutors and, and Sasha and Lauren were kind of finding their own way, doing their own thing. And especially Lauren, you know, she was writing music um, very early on and I was really lucky to be one of her backing vocalists for a good amount of years and got to tour with her and do her, you know, be on her product, um, like, you know, her music. And um, so, yeah, the tutors were around, but we, again, we were just, we'd go to school and we would learn how to play jazz. And then it was kind of like what you did in your own time. And that's how they found their way. And so I would go, I would love, love to kind of mentor 16 year old Kate and say, you know, just do what, do what you, what feels good when you sing, you don't have to sing what you think you should sing. Um, and again, that that shows us, doesn't it? Like from my growing up, I sang classical music because I could sing it. Whereas I don't, I couldn't. I, it's not my bag <laughs> at all. So I'd love, yeah, I'd love to be able to go back and be like, you love jazz, you know. Don't feel that it's uncool, or um, you know, you can't make something of it. Like you, you love it and you're good at it. So you know, put some fire into it and and get it going and and. Yeah, back yourself with it, I guess. Yeah. One of the usual questions that I ask that we've sort of skipped over this time uh, is talking about some of the first gigs or big gigs or best gigs mm. that you've been along to. And uh, you've talked about uh, Natalie Cole, and I mm. presume you've seen a bit of stuff. Yeah, I have. Seen, um, so uh, what, was the first, what was the first gig that really left an impression on you that you went, oh, wow? Oh, um. Well, I mean, it sounds like a bit of a name drop, but I'm going to say this because it's a really amazing story. Great segue from L.A. Mitchell. We got to do some phenomenal gigs. Um, we did lots of festivals and then Lauren got to a point in her, you know, fame where she was getting some great work. And she was she's lucky to have uh, Lorraine Barry, who's Dave Dobbin's manager. And we got this call up saying... Hey Lauren, would you like to open for Stevie Wonder? <laughs> and that's not a sentence that you get offered every day. <laughs> so Lauren, of course, said, uh, "Yes, we would really like that." So uh, LA Mitchell, full band. We were out in the foyer. We played for the Christchurch show, and then one of the backing vocalists for Stevie came up to us afterwards and said, "What are you guys doing after the show?" and I joked around saying, oh, come and hang out with you and Stevie. And he was like, yeah, sure. So he gave us these passes and we were like, George, you know, kind of like, pardon? So after that gig, we watched the concert of Stevie Wonder and then afterwards we went backstage and met him. And myself and uh, Roz, Roz Ulaula, who is one of my fondest and most beautiful singers that I've sung with for many a year and like love her to death her and I were just standing there being like we just opened watched and then met Stevie Wonder like what I don't there are what like till this day and I was telling this to my hairdresser of all people <laughs> and she was like Kate you said that so calmly like you're just like oh yeah we just opened. and I'm like oh yeah that's all right it's quite a big deal what was so, your favorite track from that gig uh, well, he actually opened. It was one of the first tracks that he started with, and he did all um, all blues, and it like led into kind of like this big mashup of songs, and it was just like jazz, yes. Um, so that was that was a highlight. But my favorite Stevie Wonder is Overjoyed, so that was like a beautiful moment. But 
interesting you say that because we then went up to the Auckland gig and did the same thing and it was at that concert specifically where I was so overwhelmed because I can't remember the song but um, there were two winners in both Christchurch and Auckland that got to sing with Stevie it was like through a radio competition and the one in Christchurch was beautiful she was a lady and I think they sang the the famous I can't remember what the female duet is but they did that and it was like it was kind of like oh that's so awesome but the guy picked a song that wasn't kind of the radio Stevie that we knew and he started singing it and Stevie started crying and we were all like losing it where I was standing there going like this is what music does to you you know and if if someone can make Stevie wonder cry it's just like oh it was it was a beautiful kind of moment so that was like a total highlight to be able to experience that but yeah I mean I've just been lucky to see like so much stuff and I think that whole like going back to 16 year old Kate and being like don't worry like things will happen and things will come along and even it's going to sound really cheesy but like you know I loved Hanson and when I was a when I was a 14 year old girl I was going to marry Taylor Hanson you know it was going to happen and we never, you know, New Zealand didn't get a lot of artists coming in at that point. And I, the fourteen-year-old Kate thought well, she's never going to be able to see Hanson ever. And then have you seen Hanson? I have. I've met them. <laughs> and honestly, thirty what two? I think it was a couple of years ago. I, I saw them for like the second or third time. Yeah. And even thirty-two-year-old Kate was like, "I'm still going to marry Taylor Hanson." <laughs> But even watching them, you know, they it's, it's so cheesy and people, I mean, for those of you listening, you might laugh at that, but they're like they're amazing musicians. Yeah. The 14-year-old of me was like, I'm going to marry them. The 32, well, 35, 4-year-old of me still is going to marry them. But the 34-year-old of me that knows music, when I saw that concert, I was like, holy, like we didn't just love you because you are yep. three cute boys that kind of look like girls, but, you know, three cute boys that, played great music like you are genuinely amazing musicians and I was actually just listening to their latest album they've done one called string theory and it's all their songs and they've done it with a full philharmonic orchestra and it's beautiful you know and I so things like that you know and I you go from Stevie Wonder to Hanson I know but these are the kind of moments that that do impact you so at this point in the show (laughs) I do ask about a favorite artist Mm. now it would Makes sense in my mind to either hear something from Hanson or Stevie Wonder, <laughs> but potentially is there another artist out there who is wow. somebody who gives you great joy? Absolutely. So again, my kind of crossover from jazz to pop, you know, I live in this world of I like the two mush together. Uh, and so one day I was listening to the radio and this song called Love Song came on and it was this like shuffle kind of pop song and I was like, what is this? Singer starts singing, she's a beautiful singer, really clear, clean voice. I'm like, this is amazing. And uh, her name was Sarah Borellis and back then, not so big and she then uh, kind of started pushing out more music and it wasn't so radio savvy after Love Song, even though she still has hits. Um, but she started just kind of making this beautiful pop, these pop songs that have this emotional kind of beautiful connection to them. So she, and my voice kind of matches a lot with hers. It's how I sing and I love her quality. She's probably my ultimate female vocalist that I would listen to for the rest of my life. 
and I have seen her live as well. And I remember going to that concert and it was up in Auckland at I think the St. Luke's Church or one of the beautiful big venues. And just her with a guitar singing like her songs was just like wow. we my friend Anna Whitaker and I, um, a very dear friend and an amazing singer and uh, pianist in her own right, we were, we always joked there's two artists in our in our life that we will we will see Sarah Bareilles and Jamie Cullum they are our two favourites and we were both going through a bit of an emotional time in our personal lives and then we like the next day Sarah Bareilles was coming to Auckland and we both said to each other Sarah's coming she's going to fix everything she came to us <laughs> so Sarah Bareilles is uh, and Jamie Cullum while I'm there but Sarah um, is probably my ultimate singer of singers she'd be on my if i could have dinner with someone you know <laughs> she'd be one of those so is there a specific track that we should hear right now well i love all of her stuff and uh, but um she recently did an album just her and the piano and she did a beautiful cover of elton john's goodbye yellow brick road which i also cover myself and when i heard it i was like i need to sing this this is beautiful so it's right up there as one of my favorites Oh, bro. 
Thanks for being here today. Garden of Sound is sponsored by Mint Finance. One of the areas Mint Finance specialise in is equipment finance. It's also known as asset finance and it's specifically structured for your business to purchase equipment. For example, you might need a new van for getting to gigs or perhaps you're building a studio and you need some gear. Mint can offer equipment finance for up to 100% of the purchase price, which is fully secured against the new asset on terms of up to five years Obviously, T's and C's apply. So, if you want to find out more, give Mint a call today on 0800 666 or visit their website. That's mintfinance.co.nz. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Kate Taylor on Plays FM 96.9 and an exceptional version of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road from Sarah Baralis. Uh, tremendous uh, uh, control amazing voice that woman has um obviously keeping yourself in sort of tip-top shape and Mm. being able to uh uh, continue to perform night after night and uh, deliver the goods is important have you had any um uh, sort of vocal uh hiccups along Uh, the way massive just recently well the past maybe year to two years I have gone through a bit of a transition with my personal health and my vocal health and even though I say them separately they are 100% combined because as we've talked about I've been able to sing my whole life Mm -hmm. and have had no problem and I've been educating as soon as I went left jazz school I jumped into teaching learned how to kind of put together a lovely little program to be able to teach people this is where you're singing you know the supporters this is where you lift from etc etc all well by leading the charge by showing people, you know, when I'm yep. singing, they're like, oh, wow, she's totally doing what she's teaching us, which is great. 
but I was getting a lot of vocal fatigue and I couldn't work out why. I got one of the lead roles in Showbiz Christchurch Sister Act. Uh-huh. And I was Sister Mary Patrick. And the years have come around where the lurgy seems to have got worse and worse and worse as the yes. winters come and go. Yeah, so every, you know, start of winter, I'm always preaching to my students, you know, get your honey and gingers going, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And at this, during this show, I got horrifically sick. And it wasn't like I couldn't work out why because I was like, I've just got this lurgy, this thing that's going around. But it got worse and worse and worse. And I was literally wearing seven layers of a nun's habit and with a chest infection and laryngitis. And during the time I had coughed so much, I had broken ribs. And so I was like, look, you know, I looked like the happiest nun on stage, but backstage, if I did not have my dresser and I love her to this day, she basically survived me through that show. I managed to get through, but I was like, something else is not going, you know, it's not fully there. And I, Went to the doctors and she said to me, have you ever suffered from acid reflux? Mm. And I said, no, no, like, no, of course not. And she said, well, I want to give you these, you know, we'll give you this to just see how that's going. So at that point I was like, okay, started doing that, joined up at the gym. Um, and it, ha- it wasn't that I hadn't been fit before, you know, I've been going to the gym forever and I'd been uh, what I thought looking after myself and as I progressed through that, I realized how much our physical body can affect our tiny, tiny little vocal folds. And so I started, uh, I changed my diet to get rid of the acid reflux. And it is a real singer's curse that is a silent killer. Well, give me give me top two or three things, uh, not to completely avoid for the rest of your life, but uh, moderation. Uh, so the main thing was hydration. So I... Uh, um, I'm all about drinking, you know, we, we say drink this amount of water, but you have to keep hydrated. I am an advocate for apple cider vinegar. Uh-huh. So every morning yep. I have green tea, apple cider vinegar and honey yep. without fail. Uh, so uh, hydration, so that's drinking and steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've limited, and I know, don't worry everyone, I'm not saying that you can't, but I've limited caffeine. So I used to be a coffee drinker and now I'm a decaf. But yep. I do still drink it. It's just thinking about what I'm doing. Same with alcohol. You know, like I don't drink alcohol heaps. Um, but if I was to partake in a wine or so, then I'd be thinking about if I had to sing because that stuff's going to affect gonna all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm all about hydration and steam, apple cider vinegar, yeah. and salt gargles are also like a massive uh a sister when it comes to sickness and lurgy. So warm water, salt, gargle, and uh, it'll help. And honestly, I've changed that process in my brain of how to look after my body. And I have had no vocal fatigue since. I still sing pretty big notes and I teach a lot and I talk a lot and she's all good. And I haven't been sick. Like this, you know, these past couple of winters haven't got sick. And I'm just like, this is awesome. Like, are you considering taking this educational show on the road, as it were, and sort of preaching it to the, Absolutely. To the choir? Yeah. Well, first of all, you ask any of my students, they'll all, they all know what to do. <laughs> it's like the first thing we talk about. But um, I would love to um, put some more uh, work into doing this into a master's project, mm-hmm. uh, which will probably be on the cards in the next couple of years. Uh, just because it's not only a physical thing, but it's a mental thing. And especially us as singers – 
you know, we get very emotional and connected to our um, music. And the reason being is our instrument is in us. And it's the biggest thing that I talk about with my students is going, you know, with any music, you're putting it out there. But with for us, we are literally gifting you our heart and soul through song, um, like literally. And so it's a huge thing and nerves and tension and stress it's all the first thing it goes to is your voice. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I just try, I have this thing. And again, if any of my students are listening, they'll love it. I have this thing called meditation station. And that's not to say I'm a yogi and it's not to say I'm someone who sits there and meditates all day long, but I have this thing where it's like, you've got to find your center as a singer. And whether that is, what does your diet look like? What does your social life look like? Where are your stress levels? Where, you know, what's, how long is the gig? How big is the song? How emotional is the song? If you can't find your meditation station and what's your mission statement, you know, like, well, what do you, what do you want to gift and how do you want to gift it? Cause some people aren't Beyonce and can't get out there wearing their like little hot pants and, and belt out big numbers. They want to play the little kind of quiet fairy light folk song concerts, which is nothing wrong with that. But is your meditation station, you know, are you centered? Are you feeling healthy in your vocal folds? Are you feeling healthy in your body? And then are you feeling healthy in your mind? That's when you're going to gift a really beautiful, like, delivery. So, yeah, it's something that I've explored quite a lot this year, especially well, for me personally. Um, but I would love to take it into a master's program. You're obviously very expressive as a as a performer. You're not you're not a writer though. No. So in terms of getting stuff out there, what mm. does that sort of leave you? I love the crossover kind of thing. And it's kind of like, well, why would I not use my tool bag of goodness to be able to create yep. everything? And so my biggest kind of influence of that being a reality was when I started listening to postmodern jukebox mm -hmm. and I was like, Oh wow, they take pop songs and turn them into jazz songs. So I was like, cool, where's my kind of heart where it comes to this kind of stuff. And I thought about who I play music with. And when I was through jazz school, I played with a lot of guitarists and that kind of stuff. But my passion instrument, if I wasn't a singer would be the piano. I love to, um, celebrate other musicians I love to be like what are you doing what are you good at like how can we take what you're good at and what I'm good at and make it beautiful together and so I thought man I play with so many pianists why don't I celebrate them all and it was also a little like it's quite funny because it was supposed to be a year project three years later she's still going but the reason why it was going to be a year project was because there's 12 months in a year mm -hmm. so this sparked the mm -hmm. 12 pianists project yeah and um, I thought to myself, well, if I get a pianist, we could play some jazz or we could do an arrangement of a pop song, which there you go. There's your, you know, Postmon Jukebox. There's your Natalie Cole influence. There's your Sarah Brales influence. But there might be someone who loves writing music. And so if they want to write a song with me, then that's great because my strength isn't in songwriting, but theirs might be. So I love lyrical content. I love singing and they could play some beautiful chords. So I've had this beautiful array of... Um, pianists come mm -hmm. through and we've ranged from doing some jazz to uh, I actually did just a wee one uh, with Anna Whitaker. We took one of her songs Manhattan and then I wrote a couple of verses because Anna was heading off to um, America to do her honours or her masters uh, over in New York 
And so the song is obviously called Manhattan, Sarah Bareilles' song. So I wrote a couple of little verses to match that, saying to Anna, well, you were heading off to Manhattan, so I want to write this for you. So we merged that, and one of the 12 Pianist Project songs was uh, was a little bit of writing on my behalf. Um, but I've also done a musical theatre one with Matt Everingham, who was the MD of Sister Act. And uh, we're, uh, coming up will be, um, I did one just recently with Doug Caldwell. We did a jazz standard and it was just like the sweetest of sweet. Playing a jazz standard with Doug Caldwell in the Doug Caldwell concert room. Like you can't get better than that. It's amazing. And uh, one coming up with LA Mitchell again. We're going to revise some stuff. So yeah, it's it's a lovely kind of process to be able to go, what do you love? Let's like let's do some let's stuff. do some stuff and yeah. this yeah that's how the, the 12 pianists project was born what track would you like to share with us well i love one of i i do love the manhattan track with anna but i mean that's just me being biased because yeah. she's you know my good friend but uh, one of my faves was with a beautiful pianist he now lives in auckland his name is nick dow and he's actually coming down to play a concert uh, at the Great Hall in the next month or so. It's a night with Nick Dow and his music is stunning. Uh, so I highly recommend you going to see him. But we did a gorgeous version of Rock With You, Michael Jackson's Rock With You, and that was his inspiration. He chose it. And, uh, yeah, we're going to play that and you can hear what we kind of came up with. Oh, baby, give me one more chance. Won't you please let me? Oh, darling, I was blind Now that I see you Girl, close your eyes Let that rhythm get into you Don't try to fight it There ain't nothing that you can Relax your mind Lay back and groove with mine You gotta feel that beat And we can ride the boogie Share that beat of love I wanna rock with you All night Dance you into the sunlight Rock with you
is the Garden of Sound interview with Kate Taylor on 96.9 Plains FM. Hey my sisters and brothers, it's Brad from the Butlers and the Singleton Mingle. If you're looking for a top-notch screen printer for your next big shindig, then go down to see James at Against the Grain Screen Printing. He's been printing out t-shirts and merch for the Mingle for many, many moons. He's an absolute ledge and he's one of the few qualified textile lords in the city. So get down and see him, you're guaranteed a great price and a mean result. Check him out on the World Wide Web, atgscreen.co.nz. That's atgscreen.co.nz. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Kate Taylor on Plains FM 96.9. Um, 12 pianists. Wow. Um, only eight thus far, another four to go. Another four. So that's a, that's a big project that you're working on. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else uh, for Kate, whether it's the all-girl big band or... Yeah, I mean, the all-girl big band is, um, I think it will forever be a love project that will always have something going on. Um, we have wanted to take it to a female jazz festival. There are a couple in Australia. And so it is something that hopefully is on the cards um, over the next wee while. Mm. Uh, just coming up, we do have the Big Band Festival, which we've got a couple of gigs. Um, you can check us out at allgirlbigband.co.nz. Mm-hmm. So a couple of fun little gigs in there at Fat Eddie's and in the gardens, but we're also doing a feature set with Holly Hoffman, who's a flautist, mm-hmm. uh, at the hopefully in the James Hay, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. So. And when is that opening? That is Labor Weekend. Wow. Yeah. So um, pr- coming up pretty soon, end of October. Uh, there's lots of flyers and stuff um, around, so check it out, and you can find it on Facebook and the social medias. Uh, you talked about working with so many different people, and you know, loving to sort of you know find the best in folks. Yeah. Um, anyone, either New Zealand wise or internationally, that you think, yeah, I'd love to get down with this character and do some stuff. I mean, can I can I 
be so bold and say Sarah Bareilles or Jamie Callum ever listens to Plains FM. I'm just kind of up for anyone really. Like it's just like if you play some cool stuff, like let's just have a jam. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like this is going to sound super cheesy, but this is coming from my stories of being a teeny bopper. Mm. I feel really lucky with the people in Christchurch that I've got to work with <laughs> because when I came through the jazz school, as we know, I was young and naive and didn't know what this world was. And all the the, the team at, at jazz school, who are my now colleagues, are all the people that I wanted to play with. And so it's kind of like I get to play with them on a weekly basis. Mm. And it's just like this is so great that I get to work with the people who I, you know, even working with Lauren, it's she was in my year and I still am like the fact that we're doing the next 12 pianists with her is like for me I'm like already got goosebumps. <laughs> like just being able to do that again. Um, but the big kind of dream and it's there's been discussions so far. Um, is to do a kind of take all this beautiful inspired music that I love and this jazz that I've been doing and stretch it out to doing some arrangements with some potentially with some strings and kind of broadening that horizon and a few little projects that are just starting to the wheels are starting to churn so not necessarily anyone that I want to particularly work with at this stage but there's definitely um, some music that I want to explore so yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, I think one of the main things for me is kind of taking down that education route as well to keep uh, researching about this vocal health stuff. And I think personally the two are going to combine when it comes to the kind of moments of glory where it's like where you find that kind of meditation station, that peace in your vocal health and vocal mental health and then have the players that you want to play with and then you bring it together, it's just going to the magic's going to naturally happen. So, But, I mean, you know, if Jamie Cullen or Sarah is on the line, give us, give us a call. <laughs> Talking about magic, and we have uh, alluded to it or spoken about it a lot during the interview, is the all-girl big band. Yes. Uh, I think it would only be fair to um, to hear a track uh, from them, obviously with, with you on lead box. We love to play standards, and we also love to kind of mix it in with a little bit of modern stuff. Uh, we do anything from Natalie Cole to... Adele and Beyonce but we're going to find I've brought you a song that's kind of in the middle uh, it's a track called That Man and uh, originally by a, a female singer called Caro Emerald and it's just a super fun one and we love playing it there's a little bit of scat in there which kind of brings in my jazz roots but uh, yeah we love playing this song so I've brought this one for you guys Kate you've been an amazing guest thank you so much ah, for being on the show my pleasure thank you so much
doctor needs some help to rescue me One second I'm thinking I must be lost And he keeps on finding me Ooh, that man is like a flame And ooh, that man plays me like a game My only sin is I can't win Ooh, I'm gonna love that man Ooh, that man is on my list And ooh, that man I wanna kiss My only sin is I can't win Ooh, I'm gonna love that For today, you can find tracks from all of the artists Kate and I talked about on her Garden of Sound webpage. Just head to gardenofsound.nz and click on Kate's photo. From there, you can find out what she's been up to and get links to her various social media offerings. This has been Garden of Sound, presented by Mint Finance. Business loans made easy. Until next week, keep well, keep listening, and keep playing. Hi there, dark.